his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. OWTIC, good afternoon. And thanks for joining in. It's good to have you here. Yeah, I'm a little... I I don't know. I don't know. Some people with their thoughts on Donald Trump. The altruism they assign to him. I don't see altruism. Although I do see... Here's the part I share. I do see Trump as somebody who looks through the years at how people in power operate and says, wow, they're so stupid and they're so disingenuous and they do so many sleazy things. Somebody should go there and just use common sense and improve the results for Americans. And there's a huge opportunity to campaign on that. I think he saw that and understood it. And I, I believe also that the Democrats understand him that way, that they understand him as somebody who is a threat to them because he doesn't want to play in their sandbox. He doesn't want to follow their rules. He wants to rewrite the rules. That part I agree with. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Joining us now, Michael Lebowitz, calling from his normal abode. Hello there, Mike. Hello, Todd. I'm actually calling from my cell. I know. Isn't that wonderful? How do you do that now? Well, I do it by means of the tablet, which they've given us. And i got to tell you, it's been an absolutely amazing experience for me to have this tablet. Uh, so uh, the we're excited that you have a tablet now as well, that this is the new prison thing, that they give everybody tablets and they give you some access to stuff that somehow gets you over the Internet, but you don't get to go out and surf the Internet. It's like you 
it's like they allow some of the water from from that ocean to uh, go into a tub that you get to swim in, but it's it's controlled in some way. But the, the uh, bad thing for us is that the quality of the phone calls has gone down. Like there's a kind of muffled quality to the microphone and stuff. That might just be because I don't know what I'm doing with this thing, Todd. That might not actually be a problem with the microphone. All right. Well, we'll talk about that off the air. So uh, tell us about this whole thing. How did this happen? Well, December, well, actually for years, they've been talking about giving us these tablets. And I don't know what took so long, but anyway, finally they gave them to us. And the deal seems to be with the company Securus that had been handling our phone calls for years. They give us the tablets. Well, backtrack. They lend us the tablets. Mm -hmm. And by lending us the tablets, we are then allowed to spend money ordering movies, video games, and a variety of music. So I'm sure, given the amount of money that I know people have spent, that there's more than there's the money back for me. But so this is, uh, thing, so Securus has the opportunity to charge a fee to prisoners for things that they might order online. What, what types of things might those be? So we can rent movies, but they're all PG-13 or, you know, lower rating, no R movies. Okay. Um, we can buy video games, and we can buy music, all of which are screens as well. I shouldn't say all because there's some things get through, but, but by and large, it's screened to, so we, don't have, we can't listen to profanity or you know, anything along those lines. But we're able to buy those things. What's interesting to me is that we, we have access to this Gutenberg library, which is free. So it's basically all books they're not copyrighted. So it has an abundance of classics on there. Mm -hmm. So since I've had the tablet, I've been able to read classics that I've been wanting to read for years, like David Ricardo's uh, Principles of Political Economy and Taxation, Franz Oppenheimer's The State, all kinds of uh, biographies of the Founding Fathers, and that's all free. We also get podcasts for free, which I have never heard a podcast until eight months ago when we got the tablets. And I, I love them. Those are free. And there's this university that's called uh, Khan Academy. I guess it's an online university that we have access Khan to. Khan Academy, yeah, K-A-H-N, right? Yes. So we, can't, we don't get credit, but we still get university-caliber lectures and, and lessons, mm -hmm. and all that's free. And the thing that I find interesting as a, a prisoner side is that all this stuff that's actually beneficial is free. But the stuff that's entertainment is money. Now, as a student of economics, I understand why. It's because that's where they're going to make their money, because they know that inmates aren't going to be spending their money on educational stuff. They're going to spend their money on watching movies and mm -hmm. the music and video games. So I, that's, you know, as an aside, it's something I find really interesting. But to bring your audience kind of in my position, I've never been on the Internet. I've been in jail 25 years, so to be able to make a call on a cordless machine from my cell or to purchase something by pressing a few buttons is all new to me, and it's so exciting, and it's so interesting. These podcasts are absolutely amazing. We're talking to Michael Leibowitz. He's in uh, one of the he's in the prison system in the in the state, and is in uh, where are you in the Osborne facility? I'm an Osborne Correctional Institution. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for giving us the proper name. But I 
I, I like that you're bringing this up because I recall last year, maybe, or two years ago, when they were talking about giving free phone calls. They weren't linking that idea to Internet phone calls, which are much cheaper and easier to do if everybody's got a tablet. And most of our discussion, I think, was about how much it would cost the state and whether it was appropriate for the state to be incurring new costs and putting those on the backs of the people going to work every day. And I recall you calling in to respond and saying, I don't think they should be spending people's tax dollars to give us free phone calls. And I wonder if how you feel about, I'm assuming there's no out-of-pocket money from the state of Connecticut to Securus, that this is all a money-making opportunity for Securus. Is that your sense of it? I ultimately don't know, but I would just like to clarify something because oftentimes I'll say things on the air and then the other inmates get all up in arms about it. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think that taxpayers should be paying for inmate calls. I don't think that anybody should be forced to pay for anything that they don't want to pay for. So I don't think that taxpayers should be forced to pay correctional officers' salaries. I don't think taxpayers should be forced to pay for anybody's health care. I don't think taxpayers should be holding to unions. So it's just that I'm opposed to the use of force, and in this case, the use of force, if it is indeed tax dollars funding this operation, that's what I'm opposed to. In in other words, you think if there's going to be money coming out of of, uh, citizens' pockets for services of any kind to be provided by the government, that that, those should be voluntary? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So now let me just say, now once they made this to give us free phone calls, Mm -hmm. it was almost a necessity for them to put them on the tablet. Because you've got a block, say, and a former correctional officer actually called you and told you this last week. If you've got a block with 100-something inmates and you've got three phones and an hour out of your cell, you're looking for trouble. Because with a check on the phones where you have to pay, even then there's problems, but ultimately people, you know, they don't want to spend that much money so guys will get off the phone. But if nobody's paying anything, then guys are not going to get off the phone, and you're going to have a lot of violence in prisons, which is no good for us. It's no good well, for and, staff. Well, and then you, there would be the, the requirement that there be an investment in more phone lines and stuff. So that would I, I cost would assume money. so. It would, but even then, Todd, there's only so much room where they would be able to put the telephones. Mm-hmm. So you would have ended up with problems no matter what, which ultimately would have cost the taxpayers. So it only made sense to put these phones on the tablets. Yep. And, phone, and sound quality aside, it's a much better situation for me. For sure. Instance, when, when, no, you can make a phone call whenever you want from your cell, or, or how does that work? It's, well, it's from 8 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Then they go off for an hour till 4, and then from 4 till 10. But what this allows for is, in the past, if you were to give me a time to call you, I can't guarantee there might be a lockdown, the CEO in the control center might not turn the phones on, child might be late, somebody might be on the phone. So I'm constantly getting screwed up in my ability to call you and anybody else that I tell I'm going to call at a certain time. But with the phone being in my cell, now if I tell you I'm going to call at 10 after 4, I'm going to call at 10 after 4. Yeah, but what I'm, I, what I'm interested in is why a citizen of the state of Connecticut should be excited, if they should be, how they should feel and why they should feel that way, that prisoners now get tablets. 
and have the ability to pull things off the internet and make free phone calls. Okay, well, there's kind of two separate things. Out of all the things taxpayers get ripped off for, I think that the free phone calls that we get are probably the least of their worries. But I do think that the taxpayers should be excited about us getting tablets because, for one, they're, they're, they're paying nothing for us to have them. And for two, if you have somebody like me that's been in prison for 25 years with zero experience on, on surfing the net or looking anything up, and then you release me and throw me into society, I have zero idea of what I'm doing. I've never so you're saying just it's a good thing just for people who've been in a long time without Internet experience to get familiar to prepare for a return to outside. Sure. I mean, as limited as it is, I, I still I'm getting now familiar with a, a, a password and hitting different, you know, touching my screen to go to different areas of our service. If I want to go to the podcast, I hit the button that says podcast. I've never yeah. dealt with a touch screen in my life. Sure. So it does help us in, in those ways, and that's a benefit, I believe, to the taxpayers, to us, to everybody, because it's preparation for freedom. Yeah. All right, Michael. It's uh, I'm you know I've kept you on a long time, despite the fact that it's hard to hear your voice and it's very muffled sounding and such. But uh, but it's an interesting conversation, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Todd. And I'll try to do something about the sound quality. Yeah. See if they have an upgrade on the headset. Lebo. That is Michael Lebowitz calling from the Osborne Correctional Facility, using his new tablet, which the prisoners have. Uh, not necessarily in all prisons, but they seem to be one prison after another getting doled out. I don't know if everybody has them yet or what. But, but it's, I, you know, it's something that I would not have supported, but I see great benefits in in terms of managing a facility. If, in case you're instinctively angered by the idea that they have computers, it, it strikes me as a good thing for everybody involved. If you want to discuss that, you're welcome to 860-522-9842. Well, one is that what it's supposed to be, the, they call it the Department of Corrections. Why do they call it that? Because it's supposed to correct behavior. It is supposed to correct people whose lives have gone astray, usually when they're young. It's supposed to cut down on recidivism. It is supposed to be able to avoid recidivism, and yet recidivism is epidemic. People get released from prison, and uh, I don't know, some 60, 70% of the time, maybe more, they get caught up in the legal system again. And from my perspective, if the, if the Department of Corrections were doing any correcting, that there would not be a recidivism problem, and there should not be. I don't buy these memes about that somebody, so Leibowitz is in his 40s, I guess, mid-40s maybe, early 40s, and he's been in prison 25 years, I guess late 40s. So he's, um, you know, he's a whole at a whole different stage of life. And the only thing you need to do really to get somebody like that out into the world and being a productive part of society instead of being a cost center would be to teach them something like a trade and to also teach them how to behave in the ways that successful non-prisoner people behave. 
and they're total captives, and you can certainly sort them. You give them incentives and sort them based on the people who seem able to respond to positive incentives and those who don't and prepare at least a portion of them to be functional people on the outside. Does anybody think Leibowitz, when he gets out, is not going to be a successful part of society? I think that's that's hard to question. He is, from my book, not that I'm any expert on prisoners, but just my experience with humans, he seems like he's a dramatically different person than the one who created, who committed ugly crimes when he was young and crazy. And he doesn't seem to be young or crazy anymore, and he doesn't even seem to be old and crazy. And I've talked to some of them, too. Old and crazy. But Leibowitz and, and Brent McCall and... And, and Carlos Rebola, I mean, these guys have been working to improve themselves. And, and I find them quite fascinating for the success they seem to have had. And, yes, there's a powerful incentive to want to get out of prison. But then, on the other hand, if you've been there that long, one of the things we hear is that people don't necessarily want to get out of prison. So I don't know. Maybe that makes them unique. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Good afternoon, Antonio. Pull that microphone over to that mouth of yours, would you? You used to talk on the air a lot more. You've uh, lost interest lately. I wanted to see what's bouncing around in your brain. Bouncing around right now? Yes. Um... I don't know. I mean, we talked about Trump for a while. Uh, I generally agree with you that it's just about power. Um, what else were we talking about before that? But it doesn't have to be that. I'm looking for things that you're experiencing in the world that make you stop and consider why things are like that or how they might be different. 
Since that's what we mostly do in talk radio, I assume you've got these really? bouncing around all the time and making notes, just waiting for the chance to go through your list. I don't know. I mean, uh, I was telling you about the story about the teachers and how there's a lack of teachers in the state. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I generally understand the perspective of both, uh, whether it's the teacher or the parent. Um, I think everyone's kind of flustered after COVID. Um, but I, I guess my general sentiment after reading about that is I feel like parents need to be a little less abrasive towards teachers. I feel like teachers are kind of bearing the brunt of a lot of this when I understand the unions aren't great and the structure isn't perfect and a lot has changed since COVID. Uh, but I really think the teachers try their best and really, you know, put themselves in a situation where they try to help their kids, even if it's coming out of their pocket. Um, but what I found interesting about that story that was, I don't know, in yesterday's current, maybe? Yeah, it was, uh, it was essentially the front page story on the current. It was, um, it, it was, what it was suggesting was that the government dumped a bunch of money, the state government dumped a bunch of money into the education system, and the towns that are affluent use that money to create new jobs because they don't really need the money. And that allows the affluent towns in Connecticut to be stealing workers, teachers, and aides and other, you know, specialists and things like that out of the poorer communities. That's what I loved about it. It, it was one of those demonstrations of how government makes a mess of everything it touches because it's structurally stupid and unable to operate on a level that the uh, real world, you know, that's relatable to the real world circumstances. That was my take on that. I love that story, though. It's a good one. See, I knew Anthony would bring up something useful and engaging. Oh, it's WTIC. Wait a sec. I just hit the wrong thing on my computer. Everything disappeared. Don't you hate how? Oh, man, that's lousy when that happens. I You you have Chris Powell, right? So can you put him on the air? Cause I just yes, we have Chris. Let's get Chris Powell rocking that. Hello, Chris. Hey, Todd. One wrong click of the mouse, and there it all goes. You ever dump a whole story, Chris Powell? Uh, I did uh, maybe about 15 years ago, and I've been very careful since then. What's your method? Do you use uh, like some kind of cloud thing, or do you keep saving? When I'm writing something, I just frequently do a save. So you, if you have to, you've got like 15 different versions of the thing you're writing, and you can go back and find previous generations. Do you do it that way, or how do you yeah, do it? Yeah, I uh, you know, save every couple of paragraphs and uh, create multiple copies as I'm, uh, I'm writing. Maybe by, by the time I'm finished, I have four successive copies. And uh, yeah. if I'm walking away from it for a while, I'll email it to myself so it's in somebody else's computer, and uh, it's worked pretty good. Good, same approach. So you you've written some really interesting stuff. You were all over the. Uh, oh, you had a bunch of government issues. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but the schools and and some other stuff that you were taking the states to task for policy things. Oh, I uh, was a little <clears throat> bent out of shape uh, over the praise that. Uh, it came out throughout uh, the, the press in the last couple of weeks about what a great success the uh, state's new family and medical leave program is. And 
I thought it was so misleading because if you looked at the the data that the program itself disclosed, uh, the the program had, had given benefits, eighty million dollars in benefits to almost twenty thousand people, uh, but forty four thousand had uh, had applied and. Uh, uh, most of them had been denied. Uh, the uh, denial rate was uh, 55%. And uh, a lot of those people who were denied uh, had uh, uh, COVID and were quarantining and losing income, but they still didn't uh, collect any wage replacement benefits because the rules of the program are are written uh, to deny benefits to people merely quarantining for uh, COVID uh, unless they are seriously being uh, uh, treated for uh, serious illness and, and, and in the hospital. So uh, this program is being you know, called a, a success for denying 55% of the people <laughs> who are seeking, seeking benefits. Uh, but wait a sec. They, they have to have rules, and it is supposed to be a paid family medical leave. That is a chance for you if you have a family member who is in crisis and needs you for you to be able to collect pay while you take time off to go attend to that thing whether it's the birth of a child or a sick parent or whatever so it shouldn't be available to you if you're sick with covid right well no if your own your own illness can qualify you for it if you're losing uh, if you're losing wages and uh uh, the program uh, said that you know they had given benefits to people for COVID, but only if they were seriously ill and uh, or, or hospitalized or something like that. My bigger problem with the the program here, Todd, is that effectively it's only self insurance that people uh, could arrange for themselves. Everybody's being taxed a uh, uh, you know a half percent on their their income to finance this program. Uh, and then the state decides whether you can get it back or not. Uh, and and my my problem is first anybody could set up a savings account, uh, you know, for for himself and and have access to that that money. He doesn't need the state to to set that up for him. Uh, uh, secondly, if he did a savings account, the the a, a person would have access to the money for any emergency. I I am sure that there are. Uh, many people in the state whose uh, emergencies are more likely to be, you know, a, a broken down car or a broken down heating system or something like that than than uh, illness or fam- family illness. Why shouldn't people be able to use their own money to address any emergency they have? Uh, why shouldn't uh, uh, people who who need help in an emergency uh, be able to prioritize their own emergency? Uh, I mean, this program is nothing that individuals couldn't have set up for themselves, and if they'd set it up for themselves, they could have had access to their money for for any emergency. So, so instead, most of the people uh, who are, you know, all of us are paying paying taxes for this. Most of us are not going to be able to take advantage of it. And I, I don't think it's a success at all. Well, but you've just defined the operating purpose of government today is to step in and convince us that we can't survive without government for the most extraneous kinds of things. Yeah, well, we do need government. I understand that. I'm not proposing to shut it down. I'm proposing that it ought to be smarter than this. But, you know, this program is is politically correct it it just it, it just doesn't do the job it takes money from people who are going to have emergencies and doesn't let them uh, recover it uh, the the thing could be could be improved uh, 
Uh, it could be improved by, you know, requiring people to set up a savings account. Uh, it could be set up uh, like the uh, medical savings accounts that uh, are available under uh, federal tax law. It could be set up in a way that let people recover the money for any emergency that, uh, you know, troubled them in their lives. But, uh, but no, uh, the government's going to decide what's an emergency for you. And, and, you know, most of the people are going to pay this ha- half percent tax on their income, and they're never going to recover any benefits from it. Just to be clear, I wasn't supporting the program. I was being flip in my my assessment of what government sees its role, Democrats see their role as being now, is to look for things that they can run around and say, you urgently need us to take this over from you, this thing that's a routine responsibility of, of adults in society, and you need us to be tax everybody so we can decide who gets benefits and how much they should be. And that, that seems to me a, a critical part of how they do business and, and how they win elections by targeting their voters with benefits. And I, I don't see how we survive this uh, constant uh, expansion of the government role. Yeah, you know, we, we have more and more programs and more and more laws all the time, and yet I don't think living conditions, living standards are improving, especially now. Inflation is is destroying living standards. Uh, you know, we, we we have most of the kids coming out of high school. They're not capable of performing uh, uh, high school work. Uh, kids growing up without fathers, all my hobby horse <clears throat> complaints, but uh, uh, living standards are not improving in the country just despite all these programs. And I, I just wish we would uh, sit back a bit and think them out and audit them. So you said that you're not being anti-government. I'm very anti-government because I, I, as I look at it, I just don't see ways for us to avoid. As hard as the people who, who wrote down our working document for operating the country, as hard as they work to make sure that their premise of small government couldn't be kidnapped and plundered, that that's exactly what's happened. So it makes me cynical about the idea of whether, whether government can be successfully implemented and kept in check well I, I, w- I would agree with you that you know government today is not aiming uh, at uh, self-sufficiency for the population it's certainly aiming for dependency and uh, that is the road to hell because uh, <laughs> well, my, my, my favorite economist quote from Frederick Bastiat in, mm-hmm. uh, in France uh, almost 200 years ago. He said, government is the great fiction by which everybody tries to live at the expense of everybody else. And that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're not going to be a healthy country unless most people can support themselves. And uh, that's what government ought to be aiming at. That doesn't mean government shouldn't have uh, social, saving, uh, social safety net uh, programs. It just means we ought to aim uh, at getting people to know how to support themselves. And, you know, we don't do that anymore. But, but once you see that, that they use everything to build slippery slopes because they love slippery slopes, the government crowd, do, it gives them the chance to, to permanently build. When, once you say there are going to be government safety nets, then haven't we just cursed ourselves into being where we are today? Well, look, it's a it's a judgment call, and it's a it's a matter of uh, degree. Uh, uh, you know, having having you know police and, and fire departments is, is socialism too. Having any government at all, and it hasn't worked out well. Well, <laughs> look, 
I, I don't think anybody wants to get rid of the police or, or, the, or the fire departments. And you know, well, I know we need that, them, but couldn't we have a better model where you don't have the rules being made by unions and and the, the uh, power of those unions being used to circumvent the notion of democratic systems? Yeah, of course, that's very destructive of democracy. I've, I've said for many years that the problem uh, with uh, public education in Connecticut is it's really not public at all. Uh, you know, try to get a teacher evaluation. Uh, uh, you know, try to find out exactly what the schools are doing in, in regard to uh, gender dysphoria issues that are coming up with, uh, with kids. Try to, try to uh, you know, get full access to the curriculum. I mean, these things are not uh, easily uh, revealed by, by school systems. I mean, I've, uh, just uh, today I filed uh, two freedom of information complaints against uh, a request against school systems that are with withholding information about uh, sexually uh, involved uh, topics in, in the schools. Uh, uh, you know, public education is not, uh, is not so public, but it could be public. It could be more public, and it, it might be better if, uh, you know, the public is able to operate the school systems uh, less or more, rather, and the unions less. We're talking to Chris Powell from the Journal Inquirer. So the Freedom of Information Act, which you just referred to, that you use to force the government, it's a law designed to help force the government to actually be forthcoming with information created while doing our business. How long will it? How long do you suspect it will take for you to get the documents you're requesting? Oh, I imagine probably. Uh, it would take at least a year or two, uh, probably take a year to get a, a hearing before the Free Information Commission, and then if you win the hearing there, you know, the school system will appeal it to court, and uh, even if the school system is totally wrong, uh, an appeal to court can hold it up for another year or two. But I filed the complaints just because both of the school systems are, are stonewalling me, and uh, really on simple stuff they've got no business withholding. and. You know, and I it's just, uh, I wanted to show them they you know, they really can't get away with that forever. It's unavoidable to you that they will that they will force you into a hearing and and then and the requirement of a lawsuit after that. Well, I I think they are very ready to spend public money to keep the public ignorant. That's that's usually the case. Yikes! All right, Chris Powell, thank you, sir. Great conversation. Thank you, Todd. As always, we'll talk to you again next week. That's Chris Powell from the Journal. Did you hear that? There is a law. I don't know why the Democrats allowed it to be passed, the Freedom of Information Act, but it requires that the people we elect to do our business and represent us reveal to us what they're doing when they receive a specific request. And you just heard what Chris said about his attempt to get information from the school system. He does it with that tired cynicism of somebody who's been through this before and knows how little interest they have in good government and transparency and all those things they like to talk about. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.